Please subscribe to Thank You for Joking. I'm your host, Rob O'Reilly. On today's episode, we're going to have stand-up comics trying out new jokes on each other and getting feedback and notes. Let's do it. Yes. All right, I'm recording now, so that in case there's... Just in <laughs> case now you're all self-conscious. No, but in response to what Liz is like, uh, yeah, so I think, like, I was thinking about if if I was to get famous from another for another reason then suddenly people would care about my stand-up right and like this hour that i already have would suddenly be relevant so um but so i got close i have um so my fiance is from peru and i uh, at some point i was thinking of moving there to be with her and i emailed 90 day fiance about it and they were like super into us they really wanted our story and like 90, and I know you might snicker, but 90 Fiance is very popular. It's got a very big following. <laughs> and, and so we were probably going to be on that show. And then she decided she don't really want to pursue it anymore. So we decided to pull out. But um, but I was like, oh, I was like thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be able to like sell a tour now. Because <laughs> people yeah, want to yeah. see me from now. I really feel like that's what I would need is something like that. But, but I, I, I don't disagree that a lot of times it takes something else for somebody to come and see our standup. I think that's even think of, you know, Seinfeld was doing fine, but it's because he had a show. Like it's all that kind of stuff is like people having a show, but you don't need a show anymore. You can have a viral video. Like even I had a viral video five years ago and that's the reason that I was able to get more work, but just one video doesn't last it. It's be, now it's because I've had like eight viral videos, but like to me, I think the most important thing you can do for yourself is, is not wait for somebody to pick you. And I think we're in an industry that we see four people get picked and we go, that's the only way to make it. But there's thousands of us and we all, we all can not only have a career, but like my dream isn't to be famous. My dream is to continue to create and be a comic and find the people that like what I'm doing. And if I plateaued where I am now, I'm kind of fine with it because I'm able to make a living and still do what I want to do. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know what anybody's goals are. I know, I absolutely know people that want to be like Michael Che famous or, you know, uh, Amy Schumer famous or whatever. But if your goal is just to create and tour and be the best comic you can be, you can absolutely do that on your own and do it in a way where you don't feel like you have to take every $50 gig that's presented to you. So I think for me, I, learning social media and learning, like in quarantine, I learned how to do Zoom. I learned how to do Eventbrite. I learned how to um, uh, edit audio. Like, you know what I mean? I started a podcast. I learned how to podcast. I did all this stuff and I hate technology. That's what you have to know. I hate it. I want to throw my computer every day, but I learned just enough to figure out how to do something. I read one chapter of a book to figure out how to do something. And I just keep building off that and I'm, I'm dyslexic. I, I, I'm not good at reading. I'm a slow reader. Everything is difficult for me. But I, I just feel like if you're waiting to be plucked, and there's people that get plucked and there's people that get plucked later, but if you're waiting to be plucked, your career is in someone else's hands. And I don't like that. I, I've always had control issues and I just want to be able to do what I want to do. And I don't want to wait for somebody to tell me I'm good enough because I think we're all just going to be waiting on the sidelines forever. Like there's always that it person each year. And if you're not it, are we just supposed to be like, I guess we'll try next year. Like, I, I just, I think I've, I've just been doing this too long and didn't get what I thought I deserved. And I refuse to believe it's because I'm not good enough because that's, there's tons of people that have told me I'm not good enough, but I have enough people in my life that are amazing and got the opportunities I wanted. And they said I was good enough. So I'm going to trust them. There you go. 
but I, I, I just, I'm more than happy like post um, podcast to tell you some books and some stuff to, to utilize because I yeah, think, please do. I, I think it's the best thing you can do for yourself, especially now that we're not performing. Yeah. It is really weird though. Like you said, how, uh, you know, it's like, you're either in comedy, you're either like famous or you're like the hot young comic. And it's like, those are your choices. Like, you basically have to be like less than three years in and like have a really cool hairdo, and like have a look. And you have to make it when you're almost not ready. And I'm like, yeah. if, and I, don't get me wrong, I had that attention. I, um, I had that attention from 19 to 22. Like, and I started when I was 16, but I was too comedically and emotionally immature to utilize it. And then nothing happened. And I, I spent many years in a depressive hole thinking, I was, you know, nothing was going to happen and it was over and I did something wrong. And I, it probably was stuff that I did wrong. But now I'm like, all right, I'm a better comic now. And if the industry isn't going to look, I can, f that's the cool thing about the internet. If you're funny, they don't care that you, most, most of my fans are just starting to find out because I have a couple old YouTube videos from 10 years ago. And they're like, she was around 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro. I was around almost 20 years ago. It's crazy. So I don't know. That's I feel, I, I feel the same way where it's like when I was like age 21 to 24, that's when I had like the most buzz. Like I did live at Gotham and stuff. And then I would like get meetings with like, like I had a meeting at CVS one time and they're like, all right, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, stand up comedy. <laughs> like they were like, yeah, no, cool, cool. <laughs> like if I had that meeting now, I'd be like, here's a pilot I have. Here's, you know, but it's like, that's the irony is like now no one cares even though i'm way more prepared for it it's just like a really hundred that is a hundred percent the irony nobody that's experienced that isn't already famous has any value anymore and yeah. but you have to not believe that that's my whole thing is don't believe that you don't have value just because you're not the hot 22 year old that has that cool joke about weed now and you're like cool <laughs> and don't get me wrong there's some great young comics that i am absolutely for and i try to help them and i you know whatever but i also there's so many like jim twos is somebody i started with i think he's the funniest dude and he's like he's the person i'm constantly recommend he opened for my special like i just think he's so brilliant and undervalued that i would do anything to make sure that he gets some kind of attention because i think what he does is jim, awesome. and, I, jim and i started out together both in cleveland yeah he's i just think he's so funny so i just think you know that's also us all taking care of each other because there's too many of us to not <laughs> all right well let's start the podcast welcome to has-beens that never made it uh this is your host <laughs> Rob no it's thank you for joking i'm your host rob o'reilly with me today are liz mealy nick hoff and rel battle and uh, hello everyone hi hello, buddy we uh uh we, we all want you to watch liz mealy's special she just released and she self-produced and released her own special an hour special on youtube you should check out it's called uh, shirts in the background. Yeah, exactly. You can tell I've you can tell I've made it from recording this in a closet. Yeah. yeah. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, Liz has shirts in the background. Um, so, is there a video portion of this? I know we're recording it, but we are recording it. I, I I don't know yet. I'll probably put the video up. So. All right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we uh, we want you to watch Liz's special M I E L E because that's a tough one. That's actually probably why you're not famous. Yeah, no, I barely messed up my name. It's a tough spelling. <laughs> Your name was Liz Starr. Ugh. Oh, I'd be, Dang. I'd be, oh man, I'd be in a bigger closet. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'd really have made it. This would be a lot of space. Yeah. 
more more space. Rel's huge, and he just got rid of the tuh in his name. That made it so much easier. And CBS was like, that guy. <laughs> That's all I had to do. <laughs> you got to be palatable for the Midwestern audience. What's yeah, your, yeah. Rel, what's your real last name? It's really Battle. Is oh. it the first name, Terrell? Oh, well, the full name is Terrell Battle, yeah. What's your middle your name? name is Battle? That's crazy. Yeah, people, people think I made it up. Like, I'm like, rappers do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of actually Jewish comedians change their names because it's too, like, DC Benny is like Ben, well, I couldn't even tell you what it is. Like, like, John, like John Stewart, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's in my phone as his real name. And I'm like, why did I do that? Am I trying to like <laughs> brag to myself? I was like, it's always so hard to find him. Um, I, feel like, I feel like people stop changing their names once Galifianakis made it. Yeah. I think once yeah, yeah, he yeah. Like, made it, everybody's like, okay, I guess let's just think, keep it. He's like the exception because he's just so funny that he made it anyways. But I do think change, one's, changing one's name does help a lot. And I feel like there's a, a lot more people than you realize did change their name. Yeah, I think there's a couple of, I know a bunch of people with stage names that are literally like, I. I don't have enough self-esteem to believe people are going to try to Google me. <laughs> I have the fun, fun uh, connection to Bill O'Reilly that comes up a lot of times. That's the same. I have the same lesson. So it's like whenever I'm looking up like comedy O'Reilly, it's like John Stewart rips Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, yeah. It's a rough uh, dad to have. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and start with our newest jokes. That we're gonna try out on each other. Ooh. Very exciting. All right, I want to make Rel yawn more with this joke. That's, that's, that's how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a hot start. Uh, okay, so I'll. Uh, I've come to realize that I'll never. Um, how do I put this? Uh, like I'll never have the kind of. Well, now I'm engaged. <laughs> Although I wrote this joke three months ago when I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to semi-old joke. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll never have a meet cute, you know, like a meet cute's like that moment in rom rom-com where the two, the protagonists, they meet each other. And it's like, like the guy like bumps into the girl and he's like, excuse me. Oh, you're beautiful. You know? <laughs> Cause like in real life, I'm very awkward. So like if it was me, I'd like be walking down the street, I'd bump into a girl, I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm so and I just uh, stumble away and I'd never talk to her. She could be my soulmate, but I would never, never talk to her beyond. I told you they'd be rough. <laughs> I guess, I guess, no, 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 but I guess, like, I like it. I like, my guess, my, my first question is, is how did you meet your fiance? Like, what was the situation that was not a meet cute? Hinge. Hinge? Hinge, yeah. And then were you, I guess, not awkward on the first date? Because you, like, stalked her on Facebook? Like, I don't understand. Like, um, well, I'm awkward with strangers. I wouldn't say I'm awkward on dates. Pretty okay. confident, actually, on dates. <laughs> You're like, uh, I don't know if to brag, but I am engaged. Kind of a, you know, um, what, what is an online meet cute? Like, is that even possible? Like, well, the Wi-Fi was spotty, but it just <laughs> somehow the message went through. Mine. I feel like a good online meet cute would be like you're writing a Yelp review and you're like tearing a product apart and like the owner is like, well, we're happy to give you a new thing if you would just change your Yelp review. And you'd there be you like, go. I'll die before I change my review. And it becomes this like, um uh what's that email a movie with tom hanks and you've got mail. got mail it's like almost a you got mail but it's like with yelp angry reviews and then they find out they love each other or something uh, dog got a movie out. pitch yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it to to 
I hear Comedy uh, Central's four people that are left are really looking for these. Uh, <laughs> looking for the um, next Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan yeah. movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I did actually have a, an online meet cute once, which is that uh, I, when I lived in New York, I met a girl on the subway and then like she got off and I never got her number and I posted it on um, what's it called? Connections. Craigslist. Oh, God. Oh my she God. actually responded. I got a bunch of no! weird responding, and they actually, but the real girl did respond. And I knew it was her because, like, she was reading National Geographic, and that's what I first commented on. I'm like, who reads National Geographic? And the title of the email was like, National Geographic is a great magazine. So we went on a date. That's and how you like, know that you weren't catfished? Yeah. Well, how else would she know it was National Geographic? You said National Geographic. That's what you said. Not, not My first the, thing was National Geographic. No, no, no. Okay. In real life, I mentioned the National Geographic to her, and, in, and then she responded. But in the post on Craigslist, I never mentioned National Geographic. When you were like, I'm in love with you, you, were reading <laughs> that, you, you didn't say you were reading National Geographic. <laughs> this girl was really beautiful, and I, we had really hit it off in like the two seconds we met on a train. And so I went on a date with her. a great barometer like, for connection. Yeah, right. I was like, well, this is my future wife, clearly. And then we went on a date, and we had like zero chemistry. <laughs> we had nothing in common. Wow. Really? Yeah. But you but, meant enough to her and she meant enough to you that you both went to a sketchy website and typed in, uh, anybody else on the sixth train last night? <laughs> well, she said, she said to me, she was like, I was really, she's like, I'm, I've always been obsessed with misconnections. I've always wanted to get one. And I checked on it. And so, so she was Asian and I didn't put she was Asian in the post. I didn't say like Asian. And she was like, I was really impressed that you didn't even mention that I was Asian. She's like, usually I just go on Misconnection and I type in this search word Asian to see if anyone's looking for me. Well, she, wait, she does that. She, she is desperate. She was desperate for a meet cue. Really I feel like she, I don't though. think, I don't think she even read National Geographic. I think she was like, this is going to make somebody <laughs> pay attention to me. This is a publication only at dentist office. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the red flag. Like you don't vet your dates better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Well, to have someone that's just trolling on trains, <laughs> just like blinking, doe-eyed at every male suitor that's possible out there, not even reading. Like, or did you interrupt her reading, or was she I just like giving everybody the yeah, eye? She was reading, and I interrupted her. Okay. He checks that misconnection. Yeah. But they're so funny because I could just see her eyes where she's like, "It's happening." It's happening. <laughs> He's going like, on I feel like every woman's like that, just in general. Like a guy talks to her and she's like, "This is it. This is it. We're gonna get married." And they're just like, "Hey, do you have a lighter?" And you're like, "Ugh, <laughs> we're gonna get married." And you just you now that, I know you the smoke. Opposite of that happens even more though, where it's like a guy you don't want to talk to that is trying to talk to you on a train. You're like, "Whoa." Oh yeah, that happens a lot. But like, if you do think the guy's cute or like, you know what I mean? So it's like every cute guy, it's like, it's happening. And then like every guy that's like annoying or smells bad, you're just like, oh, this is my life. <laughs> it's just weirdos talking to me. You know, <laughs> it goes both ways. How often does she go on the train and do this? Right? Every day, eight hours every a day. day. Like, you, know what? Her job. you know what, guys? She's married now. So look who's laughing. <laughs> Um, You're both going to be married. It all worked out. I think <laughs> it's a prolonged meet cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you had your meet cute and it didn't work out. It didn't work out. So meet cutes are a false yeah. advertising. I like that you guys are like, the, the real problem with this horribly shitty joke you told us is that it's just not 
accurate because you did once have a meet cute. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> but, that could, but, that could, but that could be the premise, Rob, is that, that you did have a meet cute and it didn't work out. Like, I kind of like Nick's angle, which is that, you know, you're, you're more upset that you didn't have a meet cute, but your angle could be that meet cutes happen all the time. They just don't work out. And really, like, almost like statistically, four out of five meet cutes never end in divorce or misconnection or something. <laughs> Nine out of ten end in divorce. So right. You like you hurt. force a relationship just because you met in the cutest way possible. Yes. Like a butterfly landed yeah. on your nose. Like this has to be serendipitous. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> another, another funny part of my, my Niku story is that I had had, I previously had a girlfriend and we were planning on going on like, a cruise together and then we broke up. So I had like an extra ticket for a cruise, but it was like a week later and my friends were like, you should invite her on the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like thinking, I was like, if the date had gone well, I'd been like, let's do it. Let's go on this cruise. But yeah, didn't I? That'd been a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably right. being trapped with somebody you don't know very well. <laughs> All right, Liz, what's your new, what's your new? Uh, new okay. Um, all right. This is probably going to be terrible and I'm reading off it. So get ready. Um, so my bank account, my bank account got hacked two years ago. They put like some kind of virus on my computer that could see my passwords and they emptied out my bank account. My life is fun. Um, so anyway, I found out it was a virus on my computer. I cleaned my computer. I changed all my passwords, but I was like so pissed and angry that when I changed my passwords, they're now all super like aggressive secret messages to future hackers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, so like <laughs> pretty much like, I honestly think it's the, the equivalent of like the beware dog sign, but then it's just like a toddler that bites. Like it's that kind of thing. Like they're, mes they're secret messages <laughs> So like some of my current passwords are like, I'll kill your family, 22. Uh, go fuck yourself, hacker scum, 2018. I fucked your wife last night while you were playing on your computer, 69. I'm making a lot of assumptions with that one. Like who marries a hacker? If that goes south, like they literally could ruin your life. Like commitment is built on trust and you can trust someone, but like, can you ever really trust them if they're going to take your stuff? What I'm saying is when you steal from me, you steal from yourself. That's the whole password. Um, I, I think. It's <laughs> <laughs> I like the ending. That's the whole thing. So what were so you trying it, to get at? What was the main like? What was the main it, idea of the joke? So the two main ideas is is one that who you are when you write a password says a lot about you because like I had a friend that went to borrow my Amazon password. This is years ago, so I'm not giving anything away. But she was like, "Hey, can, she she was staying with me, and she's like, can I use your Amazon?'" thing so I don't have to put the address I was like sure and I told her my password and it was something like sorry mom and pop shops like that's my password for Amazon and so and so it made me realize that like I'm actually very creative with my passwords but I'm also like like I have a password somewhere that's like Donald Trump should die in a fire 45 like you know what I mean like I have these very like it's how I feel that day when I have to change my password. But this was a day where I changed 45 passwords and I was so pissed off because they stole all my money and there was a virus and I thought Max couldn't get viruses. So for me, it's like I had to keep writing, create, and they tell you not to have the same password. So I was just getting more angrier and more creative. So the whole point was that I wrote one password that's just like a secret message about how if he, he needs that, who would ever trust a hacker? And this is why he doesn't have love. And when you steal from me, you steal from you. So that's really, it's like this kind of therapeutic message to my hacker with like the other ones are really aggressive, but this one is almost like Tony Robbins, Brene Brown. Like you have to love yourself before anybody's going to love you kind of thing. Yeah. So um, if so they guess it, 
you'll at least teach them something as they're exactly like yes you can know what barnes and nobles books i've bought <laughs> and like when people say like remember uh goodwill hunting like it's not your fault what the fuck are you talking about right 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 no no not your fault no <laughs> how many no's do you have in your past no, no. Just going through an emotional what do you what it's not my fault and he's like and he starts thinking like what the fuck? You know what I mean? That'd actually, actually be no, funny no, if one, one password is just, it's not your fault. It's not yeah. your fault. It's right. not your fault. Just no, like man. 17 at not your fault. <laughs> it's the yeah. longest. And, and, and that would change his, that as would change his as, life. As he's stealing the last shred of your bank account, he's just crying yeah. like it. <laughs> and I just have like secret things like, I'm sorry, your mom never hugged you. Like yeah. he, he ends up calling you up. I'm so sorry, I'm in your shit right now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have your address. I'll send you a gift basket. I'm so sorry. Wait, who doesn't use the same password for everything? It's very dangerous. Don't do that. I know, but don't most people do it? I got three yeah. levels of passwords. I've got basic, like you're getting in if you want in. Yeah. I've got like the mid-range, and then I got like the vault. Yeah. Um, what I, where my mind went with when you were like rambling off just these heinous things, you know, I what was it? I, I fucked your wife last night or whatever it was, like like my thought was you pass away and so whoever like comes to clean up your yeah. stuff and like your parents finding your list of passwords are like Liz yeah, yeah. Elizabeth <laughs> we didn't know that is funny like you're like it's kind of morbid but like you can now give somebody like my friend did this you can give someone your they can make they're the person for your Facebook when you die like uh right right yeah it's a word for that or whatever but like I guess my boyfriend knows what's my my password for my phone or whatever like I I don't know that is there is something about who who else is going to see cuz I'm writing them specifically for the hackers cuz I right. I'm just you know I'm very upset about it but that is I do like that extra layer of like who else you, is going to see these passwords Yeah someday. you call to get tech support from Bank of America and they're like what's your yeah, password yeah, yeah. and you're like uh eat shit and die 22 <laughs> <laughs> So I have to watch out on that angle because um, uh, uh, Anthony DeVito has a joke about it was it's more security questions but he has a joke about his security question is um, you know uh, what's what's your job and is it and he goes is it suck my own dick and the woman goes <laughs> yes yes like, like and he talks about how the fact that he so I, I don't want to I got to make sure that I don't go go too much into that place but like for me, this was like specifically somebody stole all my money and all my pass. I'm not joking. I have like 45 passwords that are all filled. I have the word cunt in them. Like they're all super angry. And then you always have to put a number and like an asterisk because that makes them whatever. But the, I'm not exaggerating. All my passwords are angry messages to hackers. And I just thought I was just very proud of my my creativity. Are you but worried that a, only very angry people will be able to hack you at this point? Um, it I, would how take many hackers? An angry mind to... Yeah, 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 yeah. I just feel like yeah. they'd find one password. They'd be like, "She really likes the word cunt." I'm gonna try cunt again. I just think. She really uh, likes the word oh. cunt. Huh, what do you say? No, I'm laughing. Go ahead. <laughs> but I do like Nick. I do like the the angle of like who else is gonna see these? Someone like, else might say, "Yeah." Yeah. I like the um, that you told a rant at the end, and then you said, and that like that whole thing was the password. I was thinking. Because don't you? Oh, sorry. It, it would be funny if you're like, if you just added like, it's 2000 characters. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, when they sometimes give you a strong password and it's just like, it's capital A, R, 2, right, 35, right. 6. And like, so there's a part of me, like, you'll see it and you're like, I didn't even know a password could be that long. Like there is a part of me that was like inspired by their strong password. I was like, I'll show you what a strong password looks like. But um, yeah, I, I, I see where I want to go with it, but 
you've given me a lot of great ideas and I appreciate you all. <laughs> we did a lot of work in this closet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to know the kind of man you're dating and shit, the kind of passwords he has. You know? <laughs> like if I ever asked a girl like, hey, can I get, let me see your cell phone? She was like, my password's 5734. Like I was like, I, like, why would you just give me that? Like I, I couldn't trust you with my secrets. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, would, I would really be paranoid about something like that. Trust when you're dating a girl, passwords. you'd be surprised if she gave you her password? Yeah, that's... Not, I, that, like, not that easily. I got trust issues, man. I would be like... But, she, but she's well, you showing you how trustworthy if, she is. If we robbed a bank, you don't think she would give me up in a second the way she just gave her password away? That, I don't like your thought process on that. <laughs> Why are you trying to you get need relationships therapy. with that's bank the, robbers? You need therapy, sir. That's the first red flag. <laughs> Right. The fact that she trusts you, you have, you have Liz, a relationship Liz, backwards. I'm not, a, I'm not a comedian because I don't need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> We're professional we in. <laughs> but, but reverse it. You say, what's your password? She's like, oh, oh, oh no. Poop. I'm now saying, you so trust her? If someone gave it up that easily, you go, man, if we were in some real legal situation, I think you'd snitch on me. It's the, it's the trust thing. This is not my joke. So I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's my, that's my I, thought, I thought of another addition for it. Yeah, um, ready. So if you were like, <laughs> so <laughs> another password I came up with was, uh, oh gosh, what's the word for, uh, what's the word for when the first letter of every word is? Capitalized? Um, no, no. Like, um, like a, something gram. What's anagra the Anagram? No, Not where the first letter of every word in a sentence is the same. Alliteration. No, no, hold on. First. Alliteration. First letter of each word. Serial uh, killer? You're one of those comics who looks up. Acronym? Acronym? <laughs> now an acronym is acronym where yeah. it's like DARE, DARE, Drug yeah, like, Education. Yeah, that's the That's what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, okay. acronym, yeah. Yeah, if you were like, yeah, like I, I came up with uh, my, my longest password, I came up with an acronym for, you know, it's, it's always beware of cunts down every fucking time. Like, you know, like the, oh, anyways, it's ABCDEFG. <laughs> I realize yeah, yeah, yeah. it's ABCDEFG. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. Like, word, you come right? up with an acronym that's like, like super hostile. And then you're like, turns out it's just ABCDEFG. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I do like that. It's just the alphabet. Um, but there's a 22 at the end. So that's how it's, that's how you know it's secure. <laughs> oh, no, I like that. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Nick? Okay. Oh, this is gonna suck. All right. Um, I wrote. <laughs> Believe in yourself. Yeah, we're just Believe cooking, you. baby. All right. Well, this this started at the beginning of the pandemic because my wife and I were like watching old movies again, and we watched we rewatched Jurassic Park, and I found myself becoming just like increasingly more and more upset that we don't have a Jurassic Park yet. Like, I remember. <laughs> Don't, aren't you a little upset about that? Like, I remember watching in 93, like, in the theater, like, the science is sound. Like, this will happen. <laughs> right? I, I mean, like, we cloned a sheep in 96. You're telling me we can't get a triceratops right now? Yeah. Like, so, it, what it tells me is scientists are just working on the wrong things. Like, yeah. I, I mean, we have so much technology, and yet we don't have dinosaurs. Like, I would gladly, gladly trade in an iPhone for a T-Rex, I think. Yeah. Right? The climate <laughs> hasn't changed. <laughs> We're fine. It's the same food. <laughs> like, if they just put a tenth of the effort they're putting into this coronavirus 
vaccine into fucking triceratops. <laughs> I, I think that I still think that way. I mean, the <laughs> biggest problem was a fence going down. I think they would have had that knocked out by now. How, how old were you when Jurassic Park came out? 11. 11. Okay. So there is something like, in my mind, like my first thing is that men's priorities never change. So like, for like, you know what I mean? So for me, it's about like savings and like, I need to get a bigger place if I'm going to have a family, like that kind of stuff. But yours is like always, like you had a dinosaur theme park when themed birthday party when you were 11. And now that you're in your thirties, you have a dinosaur themed thing, but you want it to be real. Like, like it, uh, stuffed animals are no longer acceptable, but you're on like, your path has never changed. Dinosaurs are still your number one goal. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that you think men's priorities never change because you might be right. <laughs> that, yeah. It's a sad realization that I've never <laughs> verbalized. But yeah. It could actually be part, that could be like just part of a longer joke too. I mean, if you thought right. of more examples of like things you wanted when you were 11 that you still want now, it could be pretty funny. I have I a also, joke where I still want to fly. So I, yeah. it could fit right in there. I also think- On an airplane, not even- <laughs> Like, um, and then this is dark because this is where my head goes, but like eventually, like you're, you're talking about like it being science. So like, you know, you're, you have some rare cancer and somebody is just like, you know, we just don't have the funding and we haven't been able to get the thing. And you're just like, they're like, okay, maybe you could start a charity and we can get the funding. And you'd be like, can I just put the, ch can I just do dinosaurs? Yes. Like, I like the idea that like, even on your deathbed and the fact that there's right. no funding for like the Nick Hoff disease that you have, you'd be like. I'd rather, I'd rather just, we start a charity for dinosaurs. Like I'm a lost cause. Like I do like the idea that the science angle is actually like, even on my, even if I had this rare neurological disease that's now named after me, I would still want all the money and proceeds to go to Triceratops. Right. Families. Great news. We got $10 million in GoFundMe. Well, that is good news. Cause yeah, I think they're going to be fighting that. Those mosquitoes. You know, you know what, you know what ends when all the dinosaurs are running around? War. We ain't got time to fight each other. Right? If we, if it's we're scared of the Rex. <laughs> that, that kills a big problem right now. Also, we don't need so much money for the military when we just airdrop a T-Rex in Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. like, who's, who's fighting over the Gaza Strip when you got a T-Rex running around? You know There's what I'm saying? No need for quarantine. People aren't leaving the house. Yeah, what if, dinosaurs solve problems. <laughs> what if the weapons of mass destruction were was just Jurassic Park? Like, what if it's just they didn't get the funding, or yeah. like somebody somebody got eaten? But what if like that was the that, that was the weapons of mass destruction we were looking for in Iraq? Know. Yeah. Like Saddam was my best friend, and yes. he was making it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little out there. But yeah, either you drop T-Rexes or somebody, somebody's you know, inventing You know what's funny? They didn't make Godzilla in Japan until after we dropped Hiroshima. So we, so we thought it was a bomb. No, they dropped the motherfucking dinosaur on that fucking yeah. place. You're going to have people, how many people going to hate you when you say it? But yeah. <laughs> I mean, All right, I like it. Your priorities didn't change from what child's funny. Yeah. All right, Ralph. I don't know, guys. I don't have anything. No, yeah, I, was, I was waiting for you to be like, well, I have this meat cute dinosaur bit I'm working on. Um, <laughs> um, my mom called me. She's about tomorrow. She, just, she always sends me comedians she likes. And she's like, you know, comedy must be hard. I was like, no, comedy's not hard. Magic is hard. It's like, it's plenty of famous comedians 
it's only like four famous magicians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if somebody told you you could do a job where only four people were successful at it, you'd be like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't want to be a ghostbuster. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> you would think after like all this time, people would know that that, don- that, that building did not disappear, right? And I know it's going to be somebody honest. Like, actually, that's an illusionist. That's not technically a magician. You know what I mean? So something along, that's all I got. Something along the lines of that shit. Uh, so you, you, ever, you ever been to the Magic Castle? Yeah. I, I haven't. That's like the open mic for, like, magicians, right? <laughs> it is not an open mic. My best friend is a magician. It's a very expensive open mic. Okay. It's the, co- it's the comedy store for magicians, right? Yes, yeah. That's... friends magicians. Okay. See, you see how defensive she got? <laughs> I did. I did because as I'm listening to this, I'm like, I know an absurd amount about magic. I've been friends with a magician for 50. I know, like, half the community, and you're right. There's, like, seven of them. Why it's, like, so, insane. So it's, like, we complain about our opportunities and shit. Where can you no, really do, where can you work on magic? Like we got Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, they got Copperfield, uh, Houdini. Yeah, like a nightmare gig for us, like a seven-year-old birthday party is their best case scenario. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is I a good Saturday to... for a magician. Yeah. Actually, I was gonna say the opposite, Ralph. I was gonna say that um uh a bad gig for us is actually um like horrific like if we have a bad gig we just bomb but if they have a bad gig a bunny died somebody yeah. doesn't see their they have family a bad again gig. A, a pet dies yeah yeah exactly like i Roy like the retires. idea that, yeah like the, the stakes are so much higher in a bad um magic gig i will say this and this is like a no like they make so much more money than we do like uh, it's stupid yeah. like our best paid gig is their bad paid gig like is that truly. real yeah, because because yeah. they mostly do corporates. Like that's they say, make they make their money doing corporate gigs, and we I, I don't know about you, but I do corporate gigs maybe two three times a year, and so I like, think with, with comedians it's like binary where it's like you're either kind of broke or rich, and then like magicians are all right in the middle. <laughs> like magicians all make a nice income. They do. They they, they like yeah exactly, and they and they do have less competition. Um, I. I don't know. There's something very funny about like in general, how they're always telling comedians, like, you know what you should do? Like, you know what you should do? You should get on SNL. And you're like, yeah, mom, like everybody wishes they were on SNL. They only pick like six people. So I wonder if there's like a magician version where they're just like, you should, you know what I mean? And it's even harder. Like they're like, you should, I can't even think it like you should make a bridge disappear. And they're like, yeah, mom, everybody wishes they could make a bridge disappear, but you got to talk to this guy at the government and got to do this. Like, like, their big tricks or their big moment is almost you have to you have to know the Rockefellers to do it like I don't know it's a, a silly angle I was but thinking, I do like the idea that like like if you think about like when you're advising a child on what career to pick or something and and you look at like <laughs> how many people are famous from that <laughs> versus yeah. you know it's like I want to be an NBA player. You're like, okay, there's like 200 guys. Like your chances are very, it's like, I want to be a magician. It's like, okay, there's four. So it's even smaller. Yeah. <laughs> like you might as well pick up a basketball because you're not becoming a famous magician. Oh, I think somebody already said this. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but also I think everybody probably said, so I'm just repeating, but like you either have like a drunk uncle that does it or you have Copperfield. Like there's no in between. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that, like, like we, especially American comedians because I've met comedians from Australia and all over the world and we actually have it good where there's 
in some ways that you could be a road comic, you could be kind of like semi-famous, you could be famous. Like we, there's like tiers as opposed to like Australia, you're nobody or you're famous. Like those are your options. There's not a lot of wiggle room, but I feel that way about magicians that you're literally either like a creepy uncle doing it at a party or you're Copperfield. We don't know anybody else that does it. Yes, you have to be creepy if you don't know a lot of tricks. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Isn't comedy and magic essentially the same thing? Oh, watch your mouth, Nick. Watch your mouth. I mean, the only difference is when you're watching a magic show, everybody's trying to figure out how it's done. And comedy, you're doing magic up there. You're 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 creating something out of nothing. You're like, but everybody thinks they can do it. A lot of it's look over here. Everybody thinks, but you know, my cousin's funny. Um, I I always thought they were very similar. It's just nobody's looking. Nobody in the audience is looking for you know the mirror. I think a lot of comedians, myself included, thought about doing magic at some point when they were little, right? I mean, I thought about myself included. Middle school. I I didn't want to do it, but I always loved it. Like. I, I genuinely think it's really fun and silly and I'm sorry all my because my best friend does it I'm not joking like I'll be sad and then something appears and I'm like this is the best <laughs> like, literally I'll be crying and he'll like make something appear and I'm like this is the best friendship so, let me ask you this your friend like how, when he dates when he goes out and dates or whatever does that come up like how do you nobody wants up? to fuck a magician so that's not coming it up. again like, Nobody wants to fuck a magician. Nobody like doesn't. That doesn't I'm, I'm sure they date though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do, I think he waits. Like the only time I've seen him use magic as a tool is to get out of like with cops. To be perfectly honest, like he's he's Indian and he has he has an English accent. He went to like boarding school or whatever. So like he's used and you know gets into trouble. I mean, I'm just assuming when he dates, it'll have to come up. So yeah, it does. But he like, doesn't. Well, I it was tough for me to say I'm a comedian at first because i go because you don't want them coming to shows and having this idea of you like i if they don't know i do comedy i try to wait as little as possible because who i am on stage is a different version of who i am on i want to i want to see i mean maybe the funny is that when you got to present that it's like well you know i i dabble in sorcery like i don't know how do you present (laughs) to people you know and the girl go like she'll go like what do you what do you do like i don't want to brag but pick a card i don't know how do you how do you say that (laughs) How do you bring that out is my, my question for somebody who really does it. Well, honestly, to say, so I can imagine a, that's probably the most obscure profession you can have entertainment, you know? Well, well, again, inside, look, I've gone to his apartment and his everything, everything is covered in cards. You open his closet and it's like 50 stacks of cards. His desk has cards. He's like, an so artist, you know, but. <laughs> but, it, but isn't that kind of funny where like, you know, as a woman, you go to a guy's place for the first time and you're like, oh, if I don't get murdered, like he seems nice, but the you but know, nice the one's thing. murder. Every magician, the famous one, has a beautiful fucking wife. Model wife, Copperfield, David Blaine dates models. He dated like Paris Hilton and stuff. So magicians, about it. magicians tell you what you want to hear and things show up when you don't realize they're going to show up. We love surprises. Women love surprises. Yeah. Like a pregnancy. Well, like, like a pregnancy, comedy. is that what you said? Oh, she's like, baby, I'm pregnant. Not anymore. No, not anymore no. <laughs> I have a I have a friend that's Indian and He's has an English shit. accent and is a magician. He got me pregnant. We didn't even have sex. He's yeah, it's really crazy. Good. It's He's crazy. Talented. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'm hypnotized right now. Comedy. When, you when somebody been... finds out you're a comedian, the first thing they say is, "Tell me a joke." So that's got to be the same with magicians, yes, right? Exactly my, yeah. my so you're out on a date yeah. now, and a girl says, "Okay, now I got to at what." 
show me a trick. And he's like, okay. And he pulls an elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, excuse me, Lloyd, do you, do you have a pigeon available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to have my, the steak, but is, now it's the duck. Can you bring it out alive? If you don't already know I'm a comedian, I'm not going to tell you until like later. Yeah. Like if you don't. What do all, you? T- but that's first date. That's first date. I would, usually women I meet usually research me yeah. or right. we research each other because it's like people yeah. are part of dating now is part of dating now so at yeah. that point they kind of already know you know so i don't if you i'm not going to talk about it if you don't know already then, but like then, do you have a rule for like people in general like if somebody's like i get like my eyebrows i used to three months ago get my eyebrows like waxed or threaded and yeah. i'll go during the day and they'll be like what do you do and i just say i work at night which yeah. i try to keep it as vague as possible because i don't <laughs> You know what I mean? Same thing. If I get in an Uber, what do you do? I work at night. Yeah. Like that kind I of. Say, I say writer. Yeah, I just say writer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I, I think what you say when you don't say you're doing something also is depictive. So like I like the idea even for this thing. What would a magician say he does that is similar? Like me saying I work at night. I could be a bartender. I could be a stripper. Like so that's the same. Like what's something vague you can say by not saying you're a magician? I work with animals so yeah i work with animals it's funny yeah i like that <laughs> um i i have a i have a card dealership yeah. like you know well, what i mean say I'm card into deal- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know or it could sound really creepy i make people disappear yeah so it's just, like, it's i think he's in the mob it's i'm just trying to find a way to uh to pick there are regular people but that their job is so it's so extraordinary how do uh compared to what we do it's like so so my whole idea was i can't complain because that shit is probably way tough that's the whole point yeah right 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 yeah (laughs) yeah anyway i got some stuff for that that's a dumb joke but i'll use it i like it (laughs) later i i also forward him every magic joke i hear because i'm like someone's making uh, someone's making fun of you it's hilarious I love the uh, beginning of it because you said your mom likes to send you comedians she likes. And the other day she was talking and she goes, comedy's hard. So she had somebody that she was watching, but wasn't worth sending. She's like, comedy's hard. Yeah. That's the most annoying. What's annoying when she sends me people I know. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, you send me like old fucking D.L. Hewley or Dave Chappelle shit. I don't care. But when she's like, oh, yeah, check out Amanda Seals or fucking, you know, even she sent me your shit. You know what I mean? Like. Like, I know, I know, my, I know he's my buddy. Like, Your mom's a big fan of mine. I appreciate it. Nick Hoff. Heard that. Good, good family material. You should do family material like Nick Hoff. Like, his wife hates him, Ma. I want to say. <laughs> you don't even know. She, she, they get a divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I need so, that third album material, we will get divorced. That third album material. So. But whatever. That's my joke. All right. Speed round. Uh, I... Uh, when, uh, with my ex, she would always say, uh, she'd get very upset about pronouns, you know, very liberal, progressive. Whenever I'd say he, she'd be like, ah, he or she, you know, but I would, I would find that she was very selective about the sentences that she chose to get upset about, you know, like if I was like, you know, a doctor might get sued if he makes a mistake, she'd be like, ah, 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 he or she, a doctor could be a woman, you know. But if I was like, you know, you shouldn't get into a stranger's van because he could be a pedophile. There was silence. There was nothing. That's <laughs> true, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's female pedophiles. You know. And they teach at schools. 
(laughs) (laughs) They all have jobs uh, where they don't get paid well enough and they buy their own crayons. So what's the crux of the joke? Like, what's the, I always try to find that. What What are you trying to say? That she's a sexist piece of shit and that's why they're not together. And she's going to die alone. That's what I got from it. <laughs> this is your mom we're talking about? Who? No, it's an ex. Wasn't it an ex? Oh, ex, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah, thought okay. you said mom. Uh, sorry. I, got really, okay. I got really upset. I was like, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> I just shit on mom's mom. You know what, mom? It's over. Yeah, yeah. You're a sexist piece of shit. My mom um, actually already died of a broken heart. She heard Liz say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom's still alive. Um, so sorry, Mrs. O'Reilly. I guess the, the point of the joke is that... Women are the worst. Women are the worst. Yeah. That people who have these strong kind of, what's the word for it? Like, um, like gender politics, like those kind of like, you know, progressive viewpoints often kind of pick and choose like their battles. (laughs) Like they don't like. It actually could be interesting if like, because that could get exhausting that they, they start to be selective about it. Like she just gets like, she's like, okay, I'm only going to protect people that need it, not pedophiles. Like, I don't feel like they need a protective. Like, I, I like the idea that, like, it must be exhausting to constantly tell people, he or she, he or she, he or she, that at some point they're like, I'm going to take a break on pedophiles today. I'm going to take a progressive, like, you take progressive breaks. No? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I felt very alone. <laughs> You know, I've bombed in every comedy club, uh, almost everywhere, but this closet. This is, one hurts. This one you know, hurts. Yeah, bombing in my own home is quite sad right now. You know who says he or she the most is a Japanese woman who's married to a guy named he or she. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's a Twitter, that's a Twitter text right there. <laughs> I just thought of it when you kept being like, Hiroshi, Hiroshi. <laughs> he or she. Uh, all right. Do, uh, do you but, not shy away at all? Like, your setup for the joke scares me as as a person who's white male. I, I'm not right ever. And, well, uh, and you time. all of a sudden you attack progressive. Like, I think the joke... Right, let, what's let me, another let me example? Tell, let me tell part two of a... I, I basically wrote this as one joke. So, like, uh, I'm making fun of progressives. And, and you know what? It's like, so I've just made fun of progressives, right? So this here comes another part. I know what people think when they look at me, right? Like, Rob, you're a tall white male. You're six one. You got a 148 IQ. <laughs> How are you still single? And I'm like, uh, I don't know how you know the size of my cock, mom, but I'm un... <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> Of course she knows. She She saw it. Um, Yeah, I know it's I know it's beginner central to write a joke that ends with the person you're talking to is your mom. I was say it's more beginner central to talk about your cock. I feel like every young every young. Oh, like you don't have eighteen pussy jokes, Lance. We all know I have fifty. So. Uh, so this happened literally like two days ago. Um, I had to go, I had to take my roommate to the cops. We live about like 10 blocks away. So we walked there. We did it. We were trying to get our steps in because with the coronavirus, we're not walking anywhere. And he's like, you want to go to the cops with me? And I was like, I do. Family outing. Okay. So we go to the cops together and um, 
when we get there, so with all the, the protests and you know, riots that are happening, we get to the street that the police station is at and it's all barricaded. And there's a police standing there and they go, what do you want? And my roommate goes, I have to file a report. So he lets us in. So then we walk down the street, we get to the police station, there's seven cops on the steps and they go, what do you want? And he goes, I have to, I have to file a report. And they let us in. And then there's a guy standing like before you can even walk in and he goes, what do you want? And he goes, I have to file a report. And he walks over, he talks to this woman at a desk and she goes, what are they doing in here? We have the coronavirus. Nobody's allowed to do any reports. No one's supposed to be in the precinct. And we're like, okay, sorry. He go she goes, you have to call 911. We can this precinct is shut down because of coronavirus. And we leave. And I look at my roommate. I was like, do you know what just happened? And he goes, what? I was like, we just experienced what's going on in real time. Like that kind of disorganization. You know what I mean? Every single cop wasn't supposed to let us in the building. And by just saying we needed to file a report, they let us in the building. And it was so funny in five minutes to watch the systematic like breakdown of like, I just feel like a memo went out that was like, hey, precinct 22 is out of commission because we've had too many outbreaks. Nobody's allowed in. And some guy is just on his phone being like, there was a memo. I don't know that said, yeah, you can go in. Somebody will stop you. And then somebody else is like, I thought we weren't supposed to allow people. You can go in. Somebody will stop you. I just loved this like very baby example of how the cop system is broke in small time. Nobody's laughing and that's fine. No, no. Um, Listen, I'm looking, I'm thinking my angle is, uh, um, people are talking shit about, you're going to need a Karen. Like everybody needs a Karen. Everybody needs that nosy bitch that snitches. You know what I'm saying? Everyone needs the woman that actually reads the emails. Nothing else Karen knows They're not reading their emails. They're like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Someone else will stuff. Everyone needs that woman who's going to show up and, and have shit in order. Be or even, so we, you talk shit about us now. Wait till, you know what I'm saying? And kind of try to find examples or whatever. It's funny because um, my my best friend from elementary school, she lives in Florida. So like, I'm always just like, are you dead yet? Since nobody's paying attention to coronavirus. But she, I wouldn't say she's a Karen because she's not telling on people to shit on them, but she is a, I'm going to, I'm going to write a letter. So like, she is like, I think she's the annoying mom that writes to teachers. And she's also the neighbor that's just like, hey, you know, you're not recycling well. <laughs> like she is like, she's like, a baby version of a Karen where like she's she's not calling on black kids because they're selling water but she is telling her neighbors like hey I just want to help you with your recycling and I was like dude you are annoying and she's like I know I'm trying to stop so yeah, it's, it's like, like I feel like there's tiers of Karens like that like uh I don't know Wendy's doesn't clean clean their restaurant because of the kind of their heart they do it because of Yelp reviews yes you know yes like, yes somebody has to be that person you know but so, I guess, I guess my thing is, is like, and I guess I didn't word it well, because I really didn't completely put my thoughts together. I do find it so funny that every, like, no one's supposed to be allowed in this precinct. And I got through 10 cops before someone was like, hey, what are you doing here? And I just think that's like, isn't that somewhat the problem with police is that like, everybody's like, hey, we don't, we can't, hey, don't kill anybody if they don't have guns. And they're like, got it, got it, sir. Got it, chief. And then like, somebody's just like, what, can we do the chokehold thing? And they're like, I don't think so, because some people have died. And they're like, got it. And then it just gets to a dude where it's just like, what? And I know th that's not what everybody's talking about, but there's got to be like where it's not racism, where it's just people that didn't get the memo. Do you think that's too too much of a strength? Like, I don't want to come off as an asshole that's saying that there's not racism, hey, but I do think there is. No, there, there's already been an email, don't choke black people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I the guess, Obama administration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but people yeah. are just really slow to read these.
Yeah, but like I, I guess I, I'm, I guess I wanted to show that 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 there's police brutality because because of racism, but I also feel like there's extreme incompetence in in any organization that has more than ten members. Like I had a friend that worked at Google, and she's like, I don't have to tell you when it's startups work function better some ways because everybody can be in one room at a meeting. Once you start to have different branches, that things get kind of, you know what I mean. So. They get it from the government. The government says it down to the precincts. The precincts. It so I just kind of wonder if like this is like what happens when a startup becomes a Google. It's but almost like people act like uh, people act like uh, police are all Jason Bourne geniuses. No, they're regular guys from the neighborhood yeah. <laughs> who who are some of them are angry and mean and yeah, motherfuckers. It doesn't. You don't have to go to Harvard to be a cop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like you can you're gonna get regular people you're gonna get a snapshot of the neighborhood police, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So that guy that sorry. I'm just saying like they're 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 bad employees the way you go to a Walmart and you go, Hey, um, where do you keep cereal? And they're like, I don't know. And you go to somebody else and they're like aisle four. And you go to aisle four and they go, It's aisle seven. Like to me, it's just like you said, they're putting in the same amount of work that they would anywhere else because they're probably being paid the same amount but they're supposed to protect us here's here's different joke same premise though is that basically okay. your uh your white privilege can both keep you out of a police station and get you into one <laughs> yeah oh that's funny or, i like that you know what you get like white privilege is a superpower that uh <laughs> that's funny you motherfuckers are just discovering you know what i'm saying so you can describe how you first discovered. It's almost like when Superman was walking one day and he looked down and it was it was water. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like we got to use our superpower and you know find examples. You mean Jesus Christ? He's the one that. Yeah. Did you just say Superman had <laughs> white privilege and that's how he got his powers? Technically. <laughs> but whatever. Superman. You know, technically, Superman was an alien. Okay, he wasn't yeah. even Caucasian. So. Yeah. Technically yeah. Alien. Yeah, he was a white alien, which has yeah. more right. Lock him up. That's what I said. Yeah. All right. I, I like the white privilege angle. Thank you. Yeah, to problem. me, like, what's then the next step? She told you to call 911. Have you ever tried to call 911 with a non-emergency? Yes, it wasn't. Bro, they berate you. They're like, what are you doing? I've done that like 10 times in my life. They've never, well, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say, what is 911? <laughs> What are we talking about right now? I call it once a year and it's always for problems. But if you call 911 to file a report? I've called 911 just for basic police stuff. Just for friends? To file a report? And what do they say to you? Yeah, they just like connect you with the police station. I mean, I guess it's never been during like an emergency or anything. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a a national emergency. You're just like stopping a fireman running into the twin towers. Like, excuse me, do you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, oh, by the way, another thing that your story made me think of was this one time I was living in, in Bushwick uh, with a girlfriend and we heard a gunshot in the middle of the night, and she, like really loud, really close to our apartment. And she was like, we got to call the police and like report this. And I was like, somebody else will report it. I was like, go back to sleep. And then so we went back to sleep. And the next day she was like still upset about it. And she was like, what if everybody else was also saying somebody else will report it? But anyway. That's funny. Really happens. Yeah, it does happen. That's why they say if there's a fire, you're not supposed to yell fire. You're supposed to yell something else. 
Rape. Free hot dogs. Everybody. You know what's <laughs> free hot dogs. They'll come running. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I feel uh, like I, I can really build off this incomplete idea. And I just love you all. All, all of you. <laughs> your, your bad idea is slightly worse now. And you're thank welcome. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Um, Nick, it's your turn. All right. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of Walmart, uh, when I'm, I'm constantly confronted by people like what we came to Nebraska here to be with my family. So the kids can run around with their cousins, stuff like that. It's way looser here than in Los Angeles. It feels like nothing's happening. And, and people are looking at me like, well, what are you, what are you going to do now? You can't do comedy. And they're like, well, you should, you know, you should like you could detassel something kids do in nebraska and uh they wanted me to do something and i was like what's up what did you say detassel what did you detassel corn you didn't have that Uh, in ohio anyway anyway it's irrelevant it's a long setup for that's not needed anyway long story short is uh i I just don't want to do the work like there's something about like that level of work that just doesn't interest me at all even if it means i can make money like i remember reading sam walton the guy that made walmart uh i remember reading his biography when i was little and reading about him creating walmart and i just like this sounds like a lot of work like you look <laughs> at, his kids are six of the 10 richest people in the world year after year and i'm looking at it and it goes like he started in 1962 and by 1977 he had 170 stores and I'm like, if you showed me that 15-year timeline of his life, I'm just going to be like, that's nah, not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be standing at the front of Walmart, my own store. People would come in with, like, a cart full of stuff that, to buy. And I'd be like, don't buy that because then I have to rebuy it and stock it and shelve <laughs> it and hire somebody to sell it to you. I don't want to do any of this. I like the idea that you now take your kid to Walmart and you go, see this? This is a dad that cared enough about his kids that he worked this hard. Guy, this guy, I'm not going to do that. The mundane for you, not yeah, me. Not if good. daddy can't make it funny, then we're not eating. <laughs> yeah. I love how I, you- I have the same issue where I, I love, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm always like reading books about entrepreneurs. I, I have like a whole Google list of ideas for businesses and I'm always thinking of them. And I honestly think I have some really good ideas. But every time it comes down to, I'm like, I think about like the steps I'll have to take. And I'm like, ah, it just seems like a lot of work. (laughs) It just seems like a lot I'm going to have to do to like get this guy off the ground. I just really don't feel like it. But yeah. You know, you are a fucking redneck when the creator of Walmart's biography is on your best reading list. (laughs) (laughs) My dad had it. Like, you know, you are loyal to your redneckness. <laughs> Everybody else is reading Grapes of Wrath and fucking. <laughs> you like the, the bio of a guy created Walmart. What? That's hilarious. Here's the Midwest Messiah. He's the mid- that's, yeah. He's but the- I wonder if, I was going to say, I wonder if you can tie that back to just who comedians are in general, which is like, we'll do the bare minimum. Like, especially since like this podcast is like, they can kind of see, like, I came to this vaguely ba- prepared. Right, right. Um, but like, I wonder if like, like, for me, I will do the work if I'm passionate about it. And that's what I discovered with yes. stand-up. But, you know, you can't get me to do shit like math, which is already excessively high, hard for me and I don't like it. And I'll do a little bit of reading because I like reading. But, like, for me, like, I work the hardest I've ever worked in my life on comedy. And everything else is work. So there is something where, like, somebody's just, like, to make a business like Walmart, it's like 90 different things you don't want to do. And you're like, yeah, that's why I got into joke writing. It's just one thing I do like to do. 
I tell people all the time, every comic is pretty much a fucking neurosurgeon. The time and effort and years and money we put into be comics is equivalent to professional doctors. We just put it in some that's some way stupid. Yeah, something that has no value. You said twenty years, right? Imagine twenty years pursuing the medical profession. Where you where you'd be right now? Right. Your kids wouldn't be hungry. Exactly. So we do we do do four times the work to probably not make half of the money or whatever, which is a crazy. Can we turn this podcast into a fundraiser for us? Uh, (laughs) If you look below. But the demo is Terrell underscore George Floyd. <laughs> um, Let's oh, feed the, Nick's kids. Donate right here. Right. So what's the what's the crux of the joke, Nick? Like, go one more time. That he's lazy. That's what I got. So another example of what it is. It's lazy when yeah, that I don't want to do the work I don't want to do. Like I remember, like I love telling jokes. I put in the effort to write the jokes. And then one one tour I was on, I was selling T-shirts, and I remember selling my last large t-shirt and thinking damn it now i have to reorder this and that was work i didn't want to do like something that would have been good yeah like somebody said good i'm selling something i was like no come on yeah. guys yeah. maybe the tag is listen my wife wanted the kids you know what i'm saying like that wasn't part of the plan that's extra work i gotta do now that's the tag to every one of my jokes like oh yeah. is it okay <laughs> I, I wonder, if, Nick, hey, I wonder oh. If it's, oh sorry no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I wonder if it's just showing all the things you bare minimum and sh- like all the things you cut corners in. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like if you showed like how you cut corners with laundry or you cut corners, like you're like, I didn't teach my kids how to read. Like what's nice is that I read them a book and I don't have to finish it and they don't know better. But now I have kids that don't know how to read. Like, right, I don't know right. Like there's, there's like ways to kind of show how you half-assed other things that you shouldn't have half-assed and the repercussions of it. Or what your Walmart would have looked like, which is just a mom and pop shop that never has toilet paper. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking you could say like, I mean, I know I'm not the lazy. Like if you're in your, you're in a comedy club, right? You're like, I know I'm not the laziest guy in here. I mean, I know some of you are looking at me saying, "You write a book." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, I do like the fact that I read a book, but I'm like, yeah. But you're not lazy, Nick. You're one of the hardworking people I know. So where, where are you? What are you lazy at? His kids. I don't even have to look at them. I know there's trouble there. I don't know. They, we... Pretty active with the kids. <laughs> I'm oh. I don't know anything yeah. about Nick. I I'm good when I can. A burn from someone who doesn't know you. <laughs> but if it was like weirdly accurate, yeah. you were like, I'm, oh, I'm my just starts crying. Yeah. He's just like, I it's kind not, of. It's not my fault. fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> and I'm Write a Bank of America. It's a password. <laughs> What do you make yeah. at exactly? Like, if I had a job like that, if I were the creator of Walmart, I think I would be cursing people buying things at my store because I'd be like, no, no, now I have to stock that. So put it back. Go put it back. You're the, you're the billionaire who would, who, who would hate having to deposit money in the bank. That's like, exactly right. Every year with taxes, I curse it. Every 1099 I have to enter, I was like, I should never have taken this gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Write yeah. it in. Yeah. I got to do so more. So are you, are you somebody that like would go on unemployment just because it would be easier? I would not go on unemployment because <laughs> I don't want to fill out the form. Yeah. Okay. I think, that's, I think that's the angle. From, a lot of work for 180. <laughs> the form keeps you from not working. <laughs> yeah. Doing the work of putting in the form keeps you from not working. 
Like that's how bad it is. <laughs> I like that angle though. Yeah. Like that is that's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, like think of like a smaller shit in your life, not necessarily like taking care of the kids, or, like clean the house. Um, or oh, you know what's kind of interesting? Like, and this is like a silly angle, Nick, is like I um I, if I get married, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but if I got married, even if I wasn't a performer, I would never change my last name because the paperwork, I've had people that have gotten divorced. My mom with her yeah. with having five kids, it's so much. So there is something where I'm just like, I would, I have to be a feminist because I don't fucking want to do the paperwork. So I wonder if there's some kind of angle there where like it, you can kind of win arguments in some way where somebody like your wife's like, you know, I want to buy a house and you're like, dude, the paperwork to buy a house, honey, is just, it's too much for like, we're gonna have to fucking rent this thing. We're gonna. So I wonder if that's like how you could be like this guy made mol like many stores, and I, you know, if somebody killed one of my kids, I'd be like, how much work is it gonna be to find to revenge their death? Because I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> I don't know. It's dark. <laughs> just the opposite of uh, Liam Neeson. Just like yeah, take good care of her. <laughs> I, I have a very specific set of skills. None of them apply to this scenario. <laughs> She's yours. Yes, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Perfect, you nailed it. <laughs> Ra, what's your uh, closing Thank you. joke? Thank you. Uh, this is a dark one, guys. Good. <laughs> We're in dark times. Go for it. In dark times. Um. So it's about everything going on, and uh, you know, I'm watching the news, and people are like, "Well, well, violence doesn't solve anything," and I'm like, "Eh, like violence solves everything." <laughs> Like, when was there ever a time in history where violence didn't figure some shit out? You know, like, Hitler didn't just let the Jews go. It had to be some violence, right? Because I was looking at it like, uh, well, you know, after 92, uh, Rodney King got beat up, uh, people rioted, and then the cops went to jail. And then George King, George Floyd died, people fucking around, shit happens. So, like, people don't, people don't do things on their own accord. They do it because the Jamba Juice is set ablaze. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like... Uh, like I hate to say, I want to like that one. Like I hate to say, but violence is kind of working. You know what I mean? Now that might sound dark, but I'm trying to figure out a way to. to but I wonder. But I think that you can always pull back. Like, do you have siblings? Yeah. How many siblings do you have? I have five, four. Really? I'm one of five as well. That's so fun. Yeah. What number, number are you? Number two. I'm number. I'm technically number. You're number, two and a half, right? Two and a half. I'm a twin. So I'm oh. Twin. Oh, that's so weird. I'm 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 number two, but like officially. Um because there's no twin but no there is something when it comes to siblings where like violence was the answer like yeah. like i wonder if you could tie it into like the family like that's where i go because like violence always worked for like me i have two i have an older sister a younger sister and two younger brothers and yeah. we have a lot of scars and my parents like we all like work out like like we did gymnastics we all do crossfit now like we're all like workout people like i'm in shape because my sister hurt me mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah so yeah, it's the same it's idea. Like, it's almost how like bullying makes you stronger. You know. Yeah. So there's something about like when it comes to like Black Lives Matter and like 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 yeah. there is a part of or like this might be like a horrible angle and forgive me, but like you think about some of the like athletes could just be strong to protect themselves from pol pro police brutality. Like yeah. they weren't sure if they're going to make the NFL, so it was like I'm either going to make the NFL or I'm going to get myself out of this bad either situation. Way, this is this is good for the future. This is insurance for the future. Yeah, I don't know if that's too dark or a fucked up angle, but, but I feel like but women women got sick of the bullshit, so movements were started. You know what I'm saying? So oh, I have I have a whole joke about having weapons on my keychain. I have pepper spray, I have a knife, and I have a safety cat, which is brass knuckles that look like a cat. They're illegal. I mean, I have a whole joke yeah. about the fact that I'm like 
I like weapons. I'm, I'm not, I'm pro, I don't have a gun, but I'm pro people having what they need to feel protected as long as there's regulations. But mm -hmm. like, I do think violence, d d like, I think there's something about like, you learn violence in childhood that it's effective. And you could be like, you could be like, I don't know, I punched my sister and now she doesn't take my sweaters. And that is a real story. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, to me, it's just something funny and people say that violent answer is like, man, it's, uh, it's, it's sure working out for a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you sandwich it in my mind between two things that are a little fluffier, but still prove your point, it, yeah. it, like, it like helps you know, smooth out the ramp up to the darkness. So if you yeah. start out with someone, rather than go to something that's as touchy right now as Black Lives Matter or something like that, but you like ramp it up with like, I don't think you know, all ISIS needed was a hug. Like that, you know, <laughs> kind of like start it there because everybody's against ISIS and then you can kind of yeah. go into what you really want to say that's yeah. like ISIS, can but. enact uh, <laughs> social change and then like you can also bookend it with like a family anecdote like you know i the only reason i have my sweaters is because i learned to throw a punch or whatever yeah, the, yeah. something you, there uh even the story, you know it, i don't know I just kept, i'm trying to find it where it's not like i'm pro-violence but uh you well know. you're not wrong you're not wrong well because I, I i made a statement on a a Zoom show. It wasn't. It was supposed to be a joke, but people laugh, kind of laugh a little bit. I was, it made me think, because it was like, I made. It, I just wrote a tweet. I was like, would people be paying attention if shit wasn't on fire right now? Right. And the the audience is just like, no. So I'm like, okay, you know, because if it was when it's peaceful, people are. Oh, they change the channel. You know what I'm saying? When she's like, oh, we, we shall overcome whatever any group. Well, that's. I mean, it's the difference. It's the difference between blocking traffic and ruining a forest. You know what I mean? Like exactly. So when people see stores ablaze, oh, we gotta, we gotta fucking go, change, go the rules and change stuff. You know what I'm saying? So they seem uh, mad. Yeah, so you, you, you can, away. you can drive yeah. past a protest, but you park and watch a Jamba Juice fire. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drive past, but yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of dark, but it's that's where I'm at these days. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I think I think there's so much you can kind of do with that. And I, I don't know if it's the right angle, but I do think you can soften it either with, and not soften it, but you can make it digestible to everybody with a family dynamic or with a friendship dynamic where you have done something and change has occurred. And just like Nick said, you know, there's, you can, you can, you ignore marathons as long as you knew, know what routes not to go on. You know what I mean? They have a big sign yeah. that's just like I-95 is going to be clogged because of whatever marathon. Like you ignore marathons because they're not much different, but you don't ignore when there's a total car crash on the highway and six cars are, you know, piled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to figure out what so, to go. So Gandhi was the one that pushed nonviolent resistance, yeah. you know, to get... Um, Indian independence. But I, I got I got my opinion on that too. So it's like. Well, I'm going somewhere with this. He, you know, he wanted independence for from England, and he, uh, and and they did become independent in 1947. But you know what happened in 1948? What? Gandhi got shot. So I think violence. That's what I was, was, was going to say. Think violence won in the end. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like the civil rights movement, it wasn't the nonviolent bus rides that got rights. It was people seeing people getting their ass whooped on TV. Cause you know what I'm saying? That shit was going on for years. And then people started seeing it. They go, Oh, we got to stop this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my thing was not violent, but the motherfucker throwing a rock at his head was, you know? So, also violence, if, violence in HD is really entertaining. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like 
a fire with those like 90 security cameras is like yeah. you're just like is that a fire did somebody like whatever but then everybody's footage is so like it could be its own tv program and we can't say we don't like it because we have how many shows of violence right right you know if we didn't like violence guns wouldn't be legal you know what i'm saying yeah like we it's a part of our culture in a sense it's it's almost exciting it's like, like a roller coaster and it, I'm, going, I'm going too deep socially but whatever yeah but the gist of it another weird angle i just thought of i don't think this would make sense for your joke but i'm just gonna throw out there it would be like the weird like the weird part about it's like almost like the politician shouldn't like do anything about race relations right now <laughs> it's like they're just encouraging people rioting right like if they do stuff right now they're like it's like showing like well rioting works like so for all future reasons you should yeah, be rioting. That's the problem though because if we realize that the rioting works everybody's gonna riot right well, so, <laughs> that's true. And then, and then, positive and then, reinforcement. And then black people are going to be mad again. Like, you guys just doing, we, we started this shit. That's not cool. I just like, what, if, <laughs> what if it gets to the point in 20 years where, like, black people are already, you know, equal, but then they're like, but we want more. Like, we're just going to ride. Like, at this point, I we want stole, more room. You guys stole our fucking swag. <laughs> you want to make you up. Tell me the, the bank lost. closed at 5 and it's 5.02 and that's it. Taking it they, to the streets. He's throwing they, a chair through the window. They start caring, caring race relations, where it's just the most minute thing that they get upset about, and they're just like, "I'm rioting. It's work. It worked 20 years ago. It's gonna work today." Maybe the joke is, listen, people shouldn't complain about riots because we burn up our own shit. Yeah, you, you should be happy we don't go to fucking Beverly Hills. You know, they it, did, right? They did. Yeah, well, it was the like, first time they did. So I think now it's a different story. <laughs> now now it's just gonna change <laughs> you know what's funny people always say it's dumb when people ride in their own neighborhood it's just like okay we'll take your advice and now gucci's fucked up and beverly hills was fucked the grove, up i heard who the, the grove. grove the grove got fucked up yeah i know that that's my that neighborhood so, yeah. i know that wow okay yeah <laughs> okay cool yeah well, it'd be guys. interesting oh, okay sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. What, what was your thought? We're only uh, three hours in. Go ahead. <laughs> Edit. Yeah, I wonder where, like, where you'd go from there. Like, obviously, violence is the answer sometimes, and violence gets things done. You come up with a few examples to to plug in there. I think it's a good opportunity to like write your own like you know phrase for the joke. You know, there's something I'm sure that says you you can't. What, what's the one you can't? You can't do something without breaking a few eggs. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs or something like that. It's your chance to write your own little way of saying that. Yeah. And, yeah, cool. and, um, and then, like, at what point does it end, though? Because you're right. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be reaching for, like, when, when do we not violently I want to do it, like, cheeky. Like, I want people to feel guilty for agreeing with me. Does that make sense? Because I feel guilty a little bit. Because I, okay. I, I hate what's going on. Violent, the violence is happening. But I see across the it, country it's working move you know what i'm saying so it's like this shit's kind of working you know what i mean yeah so i don't know how to get there because i feel bad but it's like this shit is not martha king said you know uh a ride is the language of the unheard so every city in america and every other major country isn't all protesting and riding for no reason right so, right. so it's like it's working for the world but it should it be you know so I guess it's a guilty, I guess I deliver it in a guilty kind of way. Like, hey, you know, fuck the well, shit but, up. I don't but, know. If, but that's how you can kind of phrase it. If you, if they're saying, you know, you know, if, riot is, if writing is the language of the unheard, then you could even talk about 
the warning signs or the red flags. Like, I mean, that's, that's what even just from a political standpoint, like you kneel, it's not the right way to protest. You set things on fire. It's not the right way to protest. Was it make a smoothie and dump it out on the sidewalk? Like, what do yeah. you, like, what do you want? Yeah. So it's at like, the, and at the same time, try, try to make it preachy. You know what I'm saying? That's the goal. Well, no, I, I to make it preachy. Try not to. Yeah. Try yeah. No. To. And yeah. I, I think you can, but I think you can give an example. I, I think you can give an example of like, well, well, what was right before? Um, okay, so the okay, like the uh, well, we tried to kneel. People, didn't, nobody wanted that. We yeah, to, something like that. And you could even I be like, like we, you didn't have to kneel. You didn't have to. I get that you guys, you white people, have weird knees and you don't want to scrap it. I get it. Like you can kind of do something where it's just like you didn't even have to kneel. You just had to let us kneel, and that yeah. was too much for you. Yeah. And now that, all your cars is, are on fire. I like this angle a lot. It's like all you hillbillies that are complaining about rioting, you were so upset when someone kneeled at a football game. It's like, I bet you'd take kneeling at a football game. Now. Oh, yeah, I bet you wish you kneeling now. I, yeah. I, I, let's bring Kaepernick back. Let's, uh, let's negotiate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's negotiate. You know, because that's not, there's some angry women out there too who were there for their reasons. And there's angry Mexicans out there, there's angry white kids out there. So I bet you wish you had the nail in now. So something like, yeah, maybe that's funny. That's a little thing. Maybe that's, maybe that's something. Especially because like Nick was saying, like, like kneeling was a thing, you know, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know kneeling could be a form of protest. Do you know what I mean? So like, I didn't know kneeling at the national, like, I don't know if he made that up or if that's something he read, like. It was a secret. Neither did what? we. <laughs> yeah. But like he, so what I like about what he did is he made a statement. You're saying the national anthem is to represent all Americans, but there's some Americans that are being killed by the police. So I am not going to show respect for an anthem that doesn't include me. Got you. And then everybody was like, that is too disrespectful. Made up something about the military. People found a way to fucking dismiss him. You know, this is restful. Uh, 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 John Maju's firebombed or like a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I wonder if you could be like, and this is an employee that said, hey, if you're going to penalize me for showing up 10 minutes late because the subway doesn't work, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever. And you didn't listen to him. Like he said, he tried to fix a problem. You didn't listen. And now Jamba Juice is on fire. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. wonder if you can like put it in a different example where you're like, every, every broken system has some, some pink flags and now you're seeing some on or like red flags and now you see some on fire flags. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you could almost make a. Yeah, know. that makes sense. Yeah. I told you it was dark guys. I don't <laughs> think it was dark. I think it's poignant. And a we are very pain. white people and we are scared to help you. But not, even, not even us, just every disenfranchised group, anybody who's angry right now, Occupy Wall Street was similar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A weird way to go with it would be if you were like making this poignant statement about how like violence had to happen in order to get the respect you deserve and you're saying the thing and then if it is Jamba Juice that you keep going back to like and then eventually you just spiral down this sadness because now you can't get That's your funny. smoothie. <laughs> you're like, and I, I would go there every Saturday and now, <laughs> now they're not even open. Or right? you know what? Which well, is, well, I, didn't even think about, right? what I didn't think about Nick is the whole thing could be about Jamba Juice. Right. <laughs> so people think I'm making a point on behalf of black people. Like, no, the motherfucker <laughs> burned down my Jamba Juice. <laughs> what am I gonna go to a Robex? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, fuck the cop, the movement. We're talking. You know what I mean? So that's the that's probably a better angle. Yeah, I like that. Because people are gonna automatically think, oh, he's giving a 
this racial yeah. emotional thing. It's like, no, motherfucker, I can't get my orange crush. <laughs> Negroes over here burn my shit down. That is the best one. That's funny. That's kind of funny. That's funny. Awesome. We did it. <laughs> Go team. All, right. All right. Well, thank you guys, especially to Liz, who you're in on the East Coast, right? Oh yeah, I thought this was at two p.m. Oh. When you said five p.m., I was like, I thought it was at two, and I was like, oh, math and time zone. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I know it's, we're cutting into your dinner time. I, I apologize. Yeah, you, um, you should. <laughs> um, yeah, this was super fun. Thanks so much for doing it, and everybody, check out Liz is special on YouTube. Liz okay. Mealy. Yes. Thank you so much. Hey, bye. Bye, bye guys. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.